and welcome to Power Band Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray here and joining me as usual, it's Matthew Day Gillett. Hey man, how's your week been? Oh, very, very exciting. So uh, eight days ago, I bought a new car, what, second hand car, an old car. Uh, you and I, we met through Subaru clubs and I went and bought an old Subaru. Uh, a twin turbo legacy and everyone told me not to and I drove it for eight days and it dropped its guts all over the motorway uh, so no oil left in that engine uh, all over the motorway I thought you said that it happened on your driveway that's a that's a wee bit crappier a day than I sort of thought you had the other day yeah no it dropped its uh, dropped its oil over five kilometres of roadway and when I stopped at the petrol station to get gas I noticed that there wasn't much oil left in it so that's been an interesting situation for the last couple of days Luckily, and I am going to sh- uh, give them a shout out. I know it's car stuff, and we're talking about motorbikes here. But uh, thank you very much to uh, Seb and the team at Thompson Automotive in Petoni. Those guys absolutely rock. Go and see them. They're not paying me to say that, uh, but they've saved my bacon with the stupid car. Stick to two wheels. Don't bother about four. I was going to say, it's your, uh, it's your MT-07 coming back to haunt you. Well, the first one? Oh, any of them. They're coming back and, uh, yeah, they're disappointed in you, Ray. <laughs> Let's just say I'm glad I sold the the, uh, the WR for more than I bought the car for, for because now I've got money to fix it. What have you been up to in the world of two wheels, Matt? Um, well, not too much. So I got that, um, I think I said it last week, I got that invite to go and ride the new Tenero 700 in a month or so. So I've been... Uh, I don't want to know about it. Yeah. Well, I've been working on my fitness because I'm a wee bit fat. So I've given up drinking um, for the foreseeable future. So I don't have a beer in my hand as usual um which is quite a struggle <laughs> um and what else have i done bike wise just just to clarify i do want to know about it i just i'm very <laughs> i'm jealous i'm a jealous person and i'm jealous about that uh that tenere 700 launch so i do want to know about it i'm just gonna sit here like the green-eyed hulk yeah well for what i understand it is uh five days of straight riding in new south wales um and being an adventure bike there's going to be uh, some varied surfaces um and i can't remember the last time i rode for a weekend let alone five days in a row. So, um, yeah, my, my fitness needs a bit of work. So I'm doing the Couch to 5K program. Um, tip for young players, if uh, you have a baby and uh, you can't go running without them, it's a good bit of exercise to have flat tires on your pram as you push along. It's good resistance training. Oh, hello. Yeah, mostly because I don't know where I put my uh, bike pump to pump up the tires of the pram, but uh, there you go. Um, and also last week, um, and we'll get into this a bit more later, is um, I got to finally ride that uh, Yamaha Nike. Oh, the three-wheeled silverback gorilla. Yeah, or the crab with... The road crab or whatever. It's a very strange looking thing, let's face it. But um, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that. But I, I just, every time we talk about it or uh, post a photo on social media, I can't believe how many people hate that bike. I know. And uh, Yamaha says its sales are just trucking along as they expected they would. Um, so there is a market there for it. Um, but yeah, once you ride it, it's, um, yeah, like it's still one of those bikes that, jumping ahead of myself here, but it's one of those ones that it's going to be hard to sort of look back and go, yeah, that's my bike. Um, it's not like how we are with um, our bikes that we personally own. Um, it's a bit tricky. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's a face only a mother could love. <laughs> right, we will uh, we'll, we'll delve into that very shortly. But uh, right now, it's time to do the news. 
And leading our news this episode, Kawasaki have revealed a Ninja 650. Yes, so uh, the 2020 update for the Ninja 650 is pretty decent one, um, if you like your tech and stuff. Um, so the big news is, apart from the new styling, which is it's come much more in line with the Ninja 400. Uh, so there's more of a family resemblance going on there now. Before it was, every Ninja looked different. <laughs> um, the only thing that they had in common was they were Kawasaki's and they had a Ninja sticker on the side of them. Um, so now it looks like a Ninja 400, except it's a 650, and it has a TFT display, a 4.3-inch all-digital TFT colour instrumentation screen. Um, and it's a first in the Kawasaki 600 class, and I think it's one of the, th- um, just thinking off the top of my head here, I can't really think of many other Kawasaki models that have a TFT. I'm guessing the... Um, H2, that uh, crazy supercharged um, sort of sports tour and that. I think that's got a TFT and maybe... It's a bit of a surprise when you do find a bike that has a good, bright TFT and yet it's it's a, it's almost like a breath of fresh air that you look at it and go, wow, that actually looks like my smartphone or man, that's so clean and easy to read. Yeah, and it's sort of, it's always surprising nowadays when you get on a brand new bike that's been quite hyped and you don't find a TFT. Um, there are a few bikes coming out um, that are still rocking LCDs, um, but there is always a reason reason for it um but yeah this is really cool to see um coming from kawasaki they've also done a few other um updates so um Obviously, there's the styling, makes it look more like the rest of the Ninjas. Um, the rear seat has thicker urethane, um, so if you're carrying a pillion, um, they're not going to be complaining quite so much. <laughs> um, but they've also got smartphone connectivity, which I think is really, really cool. Um, so there's a Bluetooth chip built into the instrument panel, and it enables, enables uh, I should say, um, riders to connect directly to the bike um, and use a uh, Kawasaki's special Rideology, the app it's called, <laughs> Rideology app. Um, and it basically means you can get um, more bike info, riding log, uh, your phone notifications and uh, all that kind of stuff will display on the screen um, as well as sort of like you can get some tuning things um, so you can change your preferred units, the date and time and all that can all be done on your smartphone so you don't have to sit there on your computer pushing not on your computer you don't have to sit there on your bike pushing random buttons trying to work out how to adjust the damn clock oh isn't that fantastic now isn't that just absolutely outstanding you can connect your phone to it and do everything on your phone change settings and everything which is great how long is it going to be until you get a touch screen on one of these like uh, jumping from lcd to tft is a big jump but then you're going to get the touch screen on the on the bike that's going to be great because there are bikes out there that have trialed the tech like that original Harley Davidson Livewire the Project Livewire that had a um, which was quite cool but they didn't end up using it I don't think in the production models so maybe there's something to do with the whole like gloves versus your regular fingers and whatnot. Um, but yeah oh there's actually something in that you're right because it's quite hard to use your phone with gloves on sometimes you it depends what what you know time of day it is I think or how you hold your mouth as to whether the phone can register your finger through the glove oh see I've got um, some great gloves that actually so my Revit Dirt 2s they've been my go-to gloves for I think four years now um, on my second pair they've actually got this little um, layer on a few of the fingertips I think it's on the index finger and your thumb um, that helps you get your touchscreen working um, and it was all working fine up until uh, my iPhone decided to update to the latest iOS and now Eric, nothing works <laughs> which is real oh, that's disappointing I can't even push the uh, that old center button doesn't work with my gloves anymore, um, which is really annoying. Um, but we're going a bit off topic here. 
Oh, one more thing off topic. My phone doesn't have the fingerprint scanner. It's got the facial recognition. Doesn't work when you're wearing a helmet. Oh, uh, you need a flippy front helmet like my Scorpion. <laughs> so uh, this Kawasaki, we got photos? Uh, we do. So we'll post those up. Um, Kawasaki New Zealand expects them to land early in 2020. Um, so they'll be coming in both lambs and full power. Um, although the full power versions uh, will be limited numbers, they're saying. Pricing is TBC and will be announced closer to the time. Um, and yes, yeah, so it's going to be pretty cool when that arrives there's a whole lot of cool stuff coming out um, of Kawasaki as well as that um, they had a KRX 1000 they call it um, which you uh, if you grab the latest edition of Kiwi Rider which I should be out by the time this podcast comes out um, you can read all about that there it's a wicked cool four-wheeler fun thing um, so yeah it's, it's oh that quad that side-by-side thing yeah oh I saw a video of that on, on social media that looked epic yeah so uh, yeah more info on that um in the uh, hopefully the latest KR. Brilliant. Carrying on in news, I've got an email from Off Limits. Now, these are the guys that run Tusk Buster and a bunch of other uh, events in the Waiuru military uh, training grounds. Uh, the email reads, and I'll read it to you in case it hit your spam box or you just don't uh, subscribe to their emails. Our apologies in, de- in the delay in getting the summer event dates for our popular motorbiking, side-by-side, and four-wheel guided events out. The Waiuru military camp is currently undergoing extensive maintenance, plus the new Zealand Defence Force is currently putting in place new policies relating to activities occurring on the defence land. This has prevented us from finalising our event dates. We're hoping to be able to operate during the period 3rd of January, 12th of January, uh, all the events that historically have run in December. And if approval is granted, then they would move to the uh, Helwyn camp, which is on the western side of State Highway 1. They'd be able to self-cater and make it a lot cheaper. And they're also looking for for approval, they're still waiting to get approval on it to run Tusk Buster 2020 in the last weekend of March 2020. So um, they hope to be able to bring us more confirmed details by the end of October. As soon as we know, we will let you know. Uh, so obviously Tusk Buster was meant to be, was it season two, our finale last year? Yeah, we were going to go and um, I think we made the promise that we we're going to all go down next year. But unfortunately, I've uh, stuffed up that plan because I'm going to have a very, very brand new baby when uh, that finally rolls around at the end of March 2020. Whoa, you just dropped that bombshell without <laughs> any warning, just like that. Well, hey, you already knew about that, but the listeners didn't. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I balls up royally, and I can't go to Tussock Buster. Well, congr- congratulations <laughs> to you, uh, but you will be missing out on Tussock Buster. That is unfortunate. Um, but, of course, Tussock Buster was meant to be held last year uh, because of the Christchurch drama that happened uh, was basically cancelled or postponed till this year. You, if you if you were in it last year, you would, would have had your email about uh, whether you wanted a refund or put it forward to next year. Uh, I put mine forward to 2020, and I'm looking forward to actually getting a ride. What? I'll be writing remains to be seen. We'll be talking to um, to Pete, the uh, the publisher of Kiwi Rider, about that, and uh, hopefully reviewing a, a, a new bike. Uh, but fingers crossed on that one. Uh, we'll be at Wairu for Tusk Buster 2020 either way uh, if the event is run. So um, as soon as we find out, we will share it with you on this podcast and on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Power Band Podcast. Have we got any more news? Uh, not that I've actually had the time to go look for so uh great let's wrap it up there 
and get into a bit of riding and a bike that we've both wanted to ride for a very long time. Matt, you've ridden one. Finally got the Nikon ride done, yes. And um, I was very lucky, almost fortunate, in fact. Um, so normally when I go and do a test ride of a bike, I like it to not be raining. <laughs> Just makes the whole experience a lot nicer. Um, and it makes for much better photos, uh, especially when you're trying to put stuff up on websites or sending stuff off to uh, magazines. You want nice, clear photos. A bit trickier when it's pissing with rain, but it did show that this bike, um, how Yamaha's been going on about how it's got such great front-end grip and everything. Um, turns out it's true. <laughs> Long story short. So last Friday... Um, I left the kid at home and rode up to Auckland, jumped on the uh, Nikon from Yamaha HQ in Botany, and well, East Tamaki, I should say, and um, I decided I was going to do a lap of the Hanuas. Um, that was an interesting choice as well, <laughs> come to think of it. So um, I don't know about you, Ray, but um, as we're recording this, we've had some very interesting weather in Cambridge. Um, and I don't know if you can remember back, um, I think it was last year or maybe the year before, that whole uh, Hanua coastline that faces the Firth of Thames got absolutely hammered um, and the roads are a bit munted um, which I didn't realise. Yeah I'm pretty um, sure that happened around about uh, the 12th of March which is uh, my wedding anniversary and uh, the grandparents-in-law were stuck in Coromandel up until about 12 hours before the date of the wedding. Ah yeah so um, yeah that was I was not just describe it as it happens so i'm riding along the coastline enjoying myself and i look up ahead and i can see like this sort of clay mess kind of thing um then the old hazard sign pops up um, in front of me um slow down speed goes down to um, 30k an hour and um there's my road <laughs> it's just this big clay mess on the side of a cliff um that i had to negotiate but honestly um if i was on another bike i probably would have been packing myself a little but yeah the nikon with its three wheels those two wheels at the front man it's stable um if you put some sort of knobby tires on it it would actually probably be all right um on a gravel road and stuff as well um, very impressive machine um so whew, what what can i say about it really um apart from the fact that yeah it is it handles pretty well there is the trade-off so you've got that all that stability up front but um sort of in tight twisty turns it is a bit slow to turn in you do notice that it's sort of got that extra grip up front and therefore you just can't flick it like a normal bike um, which is something I had to get used to also I think it locks out at 45 degrees um, the suspension and you can't lean it any further than that um, so you really what happens if you do try and lean it further than that is it just cock a wheel uh, if, uh, no it just, it just locks up um, but apparently the foot pegs like oh, I was riding to the conditions um, your foot peg will touch down before you hit that magic 45 degree um, so you get warning but yeah it's more of a nice cruiser like Yamaha on their website have it in a, the sports tourer um, page so it's up with um, the Tracer 900 GT um, and all that crowd of sort of more enjoyable bikes that you can sort of cruise around on um, and yeah the linking corners on it um, it's nice and easy it's really comfortable bike to ride um, but I rode for five straight hours just didn't get off the thing but was getting a bit sore at the end of it but um, like I've ridden a few other three wheeled things and you tend to get quite sore traps um, those muscles that, that run along the top of your shoulders um, just from fighting those extra wheels um, didn't actually have that problem on the Nikon which was really surprising but yeah there are obviously a few things <laughs> it's not the perfect bike like there is the styling like we've talked about this before it's a it's not a bike that i personally can look back and go yeah i'm riding that it's more a bike i go oh i'm riding that 
Um, yes, yeah, it looks strange. So the bit, the big question, and a lot of people say, oh, it's got three wheels, it's not a motorbike. Is it a motorbike or is it a car? It's a motorbike because you can't register it as a car. No, but like, t- take that out of it, like just riding the thing. Is it a motorbike or does it feel like you're riding in a car? It's a motorbike. It's like you, Clearly you, a motorbike, you 100%. There were times I thought that I only had one front wheel. Um, like, it just, the way it was handling, the way it felt, it just felt like a bike. Like, you counter steer like you would a regular bike as well. Um, so, it rides in everything just like a motorbike. It's just, you do notice that extra stability. And sort of, I went for a wee explore. I did go up a gravel road and everything. And you just, oh, that extra stability is great. Unfortunately, it's not the same system as um so remember that piaggio mp3 i rode at the beginning of the year and how it had the magic button where i could just lock the suspension up and just coast can't do that on the uh Nikon. Um, sort of, it's just like a bike. If you start flopping it over, it's going to flop over. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's heavy um, is the other thing you sort of notice. It's wide and it's heavy. Um, so weight is, um, wait for it, 263 kilos. Um, that is significantly heavier than the uh, Tracer GT <laughs> that it shares a lot of its parts with. Um, and it's really wide. So I was riding it in Auckland. Um, when I am in Auckland, I do tend to lane split as much as I hate it, but there was just no way in hell I was going to even try with this thing. Like I was pulled up behind a Ford Ranger and I kid you not, it felt like just lining the bike up behind it that the Nikon took up three quarters of the back of this uh, tray. Um, it felt huge. All right. So benefits of having uh, the, you know, having the, the Nikon over the MT-09, which I think it's basically made from, right? Um what 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 what? Why would you why would you go for the Nikon over the MTO nine? All right, you go for the Nikon over the MTO nine. Well, if you want people to look at you <laughs> all the time, like man, I haven't been um, stared at so much on a bike in a long time. I think part of it would be if you do a lot of wet weather riding or all weather riding, like that grip up front. Like I kid you not, it is phenomenal. So if you're not into real tight, twisty, fanging it. Um, revving the nuts off stuff this is probably could be the bike for you and saying that it is a bit more expensive than an MT-09 and a Tracer GT um, because of all that extra suspension faffery I'll just bring up the price now it is there's two versions of the Nikon you've got the base Nikon which debuted about this time last year uh, $24,479 including GST the GT variant which um, personally I'd probably go for the GT if I was in the market for a Nikon. I think it looks a bit better. It's got gold forks instead of blue, bigger windscreen because the windscreen is not adjustable on the base Nikon, which was a bit of a shame. But um, yeah, so the GT variant version is 27539 and that comes with the bigger screen, luggage and a couple of other small tweaks as well. So yes, yeah, a few few grand more expensive than the uh, Tracer 900 GT, which would be my other sort of like, oh, I'd go for that. But it's got... um, Yes, just that handling confidence is insane. It's quite intuitive. It's just like riding any other bike, apart from that extra bit, like you know that you've got that extra grip up front. And yeah, it's it's definitely got its advantages. Would I recommend it for sort of older riders getting back into riding? Not 100% sure because it's, yeah, it is quite a heavy machine. It's not like a Harley trike where it's, just planted and stable and if you've got dodgy hips you're all good when you're getting sort of at a traffic light or whatever you do notice it's quite heavy <laughs> um, but yeah honestly it's been a, it was a really cool bike the only negatives I could say about it apart from the styling which some people are going to love some people are just going to 
bath at was there were some parts that felt a bit cheap and I can understand why Yamaha has done it um, so the dash for instance Tracer 900 GT has a TFT this doesn't it has an LCD it's a good looking LCD like it's a kind of a halo product you'd think it would have a TFT and pretty sure Yamaha has done it to keep the price realistic um, at the end of the day because if you start adding all these bits and that it's like the bike could be over 30 grand and nobody would even look at it and the other thing was there's a lot of shared parts that sort of you know Know it's sharing a lot of its parts with the MT09 and Tracer 900. The clutch perch still has the like it's got a bung in it, but you can still see where you could wind in a rear view mirror. And yeah, there was a lot of on my test bike at least anyway. There was a few untidy wires here and there, and it is a press bike, so it's probably been um, not particularly well loved by the road bold and asshole. Yeah, um, not probably hasn't lived a nice life. But in saying that, the engine like totally know why people love the MT09 um, and everything. Like 847cc um, cross plane crank triple. Oh, it's one of the greats. It's really a lovely, lovely engine. Heaps of mid-range torque. All right, so I've got two more questions for you on the Nikon before before we move on. Um, Nikon, the GT, and the MT-09. Three bikes are sitting there. What one would you take for a lap of the Coromandel Loop or something I'm going like to say the Tracer GT. Well, okay, what's the weather doing? <laughs> if it's raining, Nikon all day. If it's a nice sunny day, I take the um, Tracer GT. So that's what it comes down to, the weather. Yeah, like honestly, that like I know I was moaning about the width of the thing. It's like 875 mil wide or something, but it was raining. I was wearing Kevlar jeans, and I barely got wet at all because of that fairing on the Nikon. Um, if it's a Nikon GT with the extra screen up front, like you could ride the length of the country in a storming gale and you'd be golden. <laughs> but if the weather's nice, you wouldn't take the Nike. No, just because Coromandel Loop, it's all those tight twisties and that, and you'd like, I'd like to just, yeah, that extra flickability of a bike with uh, conventional wheel setup. Okay. But yeah, like it's, if you're after a bike, that's an all weather machine that you're going to ride every single day. You're not really interested in uh, lane splitting or whatever. You just want a nice dependable machine. That's, nice and safe it's going to get you there it's got traction control abs all the usual stuff but you can feel confident and it's if it's snowing even yeah i reckon the nike would be your bike final question ice cream's out of five Ooh, 3.8 ice creams 3.8 looking forward to seeing the full write-up that you've got uh on on throttle.co.nz uh, yep that and it should be in this week's driven magazine in the new zealand Herald. hey hey uh moving along because we are running out of time r.i.p state highway for ratahi to wanganui there's been a massive slip on the paraparas and the road is no longer we'll check the facebook uh, we'll check the photos up on the facebook page facebook.com forward slash powerband podcast matt i don't know if you've seen this because i just kind of threw it in there last minute but man the slip is 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 quite substantial. I think I recall seeing this on Facebook a couple of days ago. It's like a couple of hundred meters, and the road's just sort of fallen fallen away. Like it's not fallen off a cliff or anything. It's just the, the road just isn't there anymore. Yeah, that's a bit scary. <laughs> like imagine riding your bike around that. It is considering that was that was one of the that was on the top ten list of um, best motorcycle roads in the country. That was a very well trodden route for a lot of North Island riders, and the road is just no longer uh so uh, if if there's if there's any information to share about that we will share it with you uh i'm pretty sure that that road's going to be uh sitting behind uh the manawatu gorge bypass as far as priority um list goes but 
as soon as NZTA make a make a decision or have any more news on State Highway for Ratahi to Wanganui, the Paraparas will share the information with you. And the last thing on my list, Matt, was uh, Mangatanoka Motors Two Wheel Day. We mentioned it last week. Um, it's on October twenty seventh. Mangatanoka. It's Labor Weekend. It is Labor Weekend. Uh, the long weekend. Yeah. And a good chance to get out and ride your bike uh, before a second child is born. And I, you said last week that it was your wife's birthday. Uh, you know, I, I came up with a good rebuttal for that, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> but, oh, that said, I will be riding that weekend. Um, I have a test bike booked in that I'll be taking up to Auckland and cruising around and trying to avoid hanging out with the uh, in-laws as much as possible. Don't let them hear this. Um, and, yeah, so... Are we allowed to know what it is? Uh, yeah, I'm grabbing a Kawasaki uh, Vulcan S, I believe, um, for the weekend, for the long weekend. So that should be quite fun. Um, and, yeah, nice nice little cruiser. Cruise on up, cruise on back. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to thoroughly enjoy that. Brilliant. Looking forward to hearing all about that. A few thank yous to say this episode. I've got to say a massive thank you as always to you, Matt. Do check out onthrottle.co.nz. Kiwi-centric New Zealand motorcycling news and reviews, yeah? Yeah, that's the that's the idea anyway. Um, but yeah, no, none of this copy-paste uh, press release rubbish. I always try and get, get in contact with the local distributors before I publish anything to actually make sure that it's relevant as well. And like, if you get in touch with the local distributors, they might tell you when it's going to arrive, early next year, price TBC, all that kind of stuff, instead of uh, fluffy, flowery language that makes these bikes seem uh, like God's gift when, um, in fact, yeah, sometimes they'll have downsides that you can clearly say. But yeah, let's let's not dwell on that. Um, thank you, Ray, because you're basically the main force behind this nowadays because you sit there, you edit, uh, you host, you anchor, uh, you do all the hard stuff. I just show up once a week and have a yarn to you, man. You do little hard yards. Oh, thanks. Well, I, I do try. Uh, also, a massive thank you to our mates at Kiwi Rider. I was talking to Ben, the editor, today. Uh, there's a CRE450X with a whole bunch of bling on it. Uh, there's also a DRZ400E in that magazine, uh, hopefully coming out Wednesday this week. So uh, if you're listening to the podcast on the day the uh, episode goes live, it's out now. Go and read it kiwirider.co.nz they do an excellent job uh, another source of kiwi motorcycling goodness okay this is Power Van Podcast make sure you hit that subscribe button hit that like button share this podcast with a biker friend of yours they'll love it and we'll love you for it thank you very much for joining us I've been Ray I've been Matt <laughs> keep the rubber side down throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days time Power Van